The Today Show's got a hiker who is trapped in quicksand for 11 hours. When I was a kid, that was my biggest fear. Quicksand. I know. That was a classic of the you know TV show person in peril thing, quicksand. We all lived in fear of it back then. <laughs> quicksand was a big thing when I was a kid on your TV shows. Was that the clowns at the edge of the woods? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, was your killer clowns. Yeah, quicksand. And I was always, you know, really, really studying on how you deal with quicksand. Every kid knew you don't thrash. You extend your arms and try to stay calm. Every seven-year-old knew that in America. And how gruesome was that? How many different shows did I watch as a child where somebody went under the quicksand and died? Which is just a gruesome death. Right. Well, what's been the result? You've avoided it successfully. I have. And grown to manhood. I didn't know they had quicksand in Utah, and this guy got stuck in there for for a a day or something. Anyway. Dang. He's fine now. He's on the Today Show. Um, Speaking of the Today Show. So he'll soon be outed for all of the sins of his past. He'll be Ken boned and humiliated. <laughs> so uh, Joe gets to choose here. I'm in trying. Oh, so we got a couple options here. We've got uh, McCabe's on the Today Show with a little more on his whole Twenty uh, Fifth Amendment, Trump, blah blah blah. Okay. Al- and Alan Dershowitz responding to the book. We've also got Bernie has announced he's running for president and has he's got his campaign video out, which is two minutes long. We could listen to some of that. I'd kind of like to hear that. Which which direction would you like to go? Oh, gosh, they're both so tempting. Yeah, I'd kind of like to hear uh, what tack Ernie has taken. Bernie, rather. Ernie. Ernie's, what's the name? Ernie, Bern, San, Bernie, Ernie San, Sanderson? Ber, Bernie Sanders. He, uh, he ran yeah. uh, last time around. Right, and what got, happened? How'd that go? screwed by Hillary Clinton. Huh. Uh, yes, yes, yes. One Bill thing, Clinton's old lady. One thing for the most part with Bernie that you can uh, be guaranteed, he is not going to try to make hay of stupid things. No. I mean, he wouldn't even attack Hillary for her emails. He likes to talk about, you know, health care for all and free college, and he's an issues guy. Governance, yeah. right, which I admire. I which, think his ideas are insane and dangerous, but at least... He's a grown-up about politics. I don't worry, because I assume that the, that is not going to win the day. I hope I'm not wrong. That's what they assumed in 1918 Moscow, too, Jack. Wow. Uh, fool. Wow. Fool! Fool! That's what they assumed in Venezuela before old fat Chavez took over, followed by fat Maduro. And who's the only fat man in Venezuela? Nicolas Maduro. Anyway, Owen too. <laughs> Here's a little of Bernie Sanders' campaign video. Real change never takes place from the top on down, but always from the bottom on up. Bernie Sanders' health care for all idea is gaining steam. Free tuition. Free college tuition. Free tuition champion, Senator Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders added, the greatest threat to national security is climate change. The future of our planet is at stake. Sanders taking on Amazon. Bernie Sanders has been consistent hammering about income inequality. Nobody in America works 40 hours a week should be living in poverty. Our economy is rigged. We have a campaign finance system which is corrupt. Sanders leading the charge to stop war against Yemen. The first time ever the Senate has voted to end an unauthorized war. The fight against injustice has been the work of his life. Jobs and education, not jails and incarceration. Uh-huh. We are okay. not going to retreat. I don't suppose we need to hold too much. Just more rhyming. As long as there's good timing. I would say that's a more powerful ad than uh, 
Book Cory Booker's was pretty good. Cory Booker's is real good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bernie's opening day is better than uh, everybody else's, maybe with the exception of Cory Booker. Kamala Harris had the eighteen thousand people in Oakland cheering and screaming like she was a hero. Her speech wasn't that good. No, it's okay. Can I share my take on why that video reminded me of the movie Rambo? (laughs) Sure. There's a lot of why is that? I wasn't watching the video. Joe can't stop doing his Bernie. I wasn't watching the video. Will I? But but there seemed to be a lot of explosions. Is that what that was? Uh, well, Well, no, that's not what reminded me of it. So the original draft of Rambo. The character John Rambo talked a lot more. He was the one saying, I'm tough. I'm a badass. This is why you need to fear me. The final version of it, Rambo says like maybe seven lines in the whole movie. One of them, you drew first blood, not me. But <laughs> the, so the change they made is they had other people right. describe how much of a badass right. John Rambo was. Yep. Bernie Sanders using news clips to tell what his well, positions yeah, are as opposed good. to Cory Booker saying this is what I'm going to do this well, is what I'm going to do and I liked do. it because of the good. everybody knows that Bernie's the guy mm-hmm. yeah that was good that was skillful you know I thought the opening line was uh, incredibly ironic Sean can you uh, play that f- for us never takes place never oh. takes place Hang on. cue it up right there we go real change never takes place from the top on down when they, uh, when from they, the bottom right. on up. When they, when they showed Rambo in the theaters, were they able to start it at the beginning most times, Sean? <laughs> anyway. Back to Rambo. No, I, I, I thought it was incredibly ironic that uh, he talked about, you know, real change never comes from the top down. As he advocates an economy, a society, everything that's run from the top down. That's what socialism is. So we're going to have a bottom-up demand for a top-down economy. Now, listen, I will freely grant you, Bernie, that the uh, that the system is rigged by the people who own Washington, D.C. You're absolutely right, but the answer isn't to empower the bureaucrats to own Washington, D.C. We the people, Ernie Sanderson. He's going to be a formidable uh, opponent oh, for all those yeah. other people. And what's as his... long as he, uh, you know, as long as he's still, as long as he continues to... Um, <laughs> As long as the Lord sees he's an atheist. As long mm, he's old, he's really old. So what is his actual age? Because he, he's seventy-seven. He seems ninety. He will be seventy-nine uh, when inaugurated, I believe. That's pretty old. Of course, Trump's seventy-two. So wait a minute. Did you just like discount between seventy-two and seventy-seven? Those are big years. Those are five big years. It's a huge difference. It means everything. I don't know. Depends on the individual. That's old, though. That's old as hell. It is old. Inaugurated at age 79? Right. That's old. Yeah. Um, But he's, uh, I don't know. At some point, they're going to have to take him down if you want to beat him. Yes, clearly. I think Elizabeth Warren has just been shoved out of that lane. Yeah. I don't don't know how she has a path I'm going to go find me. A new lane. <laughs> I don't Maybe know she, she can go work in a casino, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, she's done. She's out. Yeah, I don't see how she has a path. Yeah, yeah. So. I think her path was picking up the standard from Bernie Sanders last year. Hoping he didn't run. I yeah. don't even think anybody would pick her as a veep at this point, either. I could like, I saw no. that as a, as a likely, or as a, a possibility before. Yeah, a woman, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it, it is, there's no doubt that this is true. And this is a Bernie should be proud of this for him from, for him and his causes that everybody is singing from his uh, hymnal. Yeah. 
in this this Absolutely time around. True. I mean, he's yeah. him he him. he set the the tone that everybody is reacting one way or another to. Not Hillary Clinton, who is the nominee. Right. Nobody's whatever she ran on. Does anybody even know? Right. Right. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, we got an email that we read on the air a few days ago. Somebody pointed out Avatar was or is the highest grossing movie of all time. Nobody ever mentions it. Nobody ever references it or compares anything to it. Rambo has come up once more than than Avatar on the show today. In the same way, you know, as Hillary Clinton told us all, we know nobody's ever said that. Got a sixth grader arrested for not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. A good story that kind of brings together all the worst things that go on in America in good. the modern world. <laughs> good. We need to jail more 11-year-olds. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't stand for the national anthem. Go to jail, even if you're a child in my America. I love it. Luckily, it happened. I got a story right here. So here he is, lying, race-baiting moron Jussie Smollett on the Today Show, or Good Morning America, whatever, the one with, uh, what's her name? Roll it. If I had said it was a Muslim or Mexican or someone black, I feel like the doubters would have supported me a lot much more, a lot more. And that says a lot about the place that we are in our country right now. The fact that we have these fear mongrels, these people that are trying to separate us and it's just not okay. How cynical is that? How incredibly sanctimonious while simultaneously perpetrating a horrifying racial attack hoax. That guy is, there There aren't enough words in my vocabulary to describe his level of of dishonesty and, and disdain for humanity or egomania well, or something. He's out of his freaking mind. Yeah, he's a nut job. I don't know. I mean, you know, we can talk about him. We can talk about the media's response. The media has got to quit taking these stories at face value and right. go, and then start analyzing America based on them until we have the facts. You just right. have to stop. Yeah. As far as him, I think he's a crazy person. He's as crazy as the woman who pretends she's pregnant. <laughs> And to get sympathy. Or has cancer. Or pretends to, her kid has right, cancer or right. whatever. She's, he's as crazy as those people. You know what? That's a charitable view, and I, I, I think it's a good point. The media jumped on board and ran with the narrative because of Trump derangement syndrome. And and I tell you what, there are racists. There are people who do violent things and terrible things. They wreck property. They hurt people. And Usually I, and not in MAGA hats screaming Trump slogans. Right. Exactly. I hate the people who actually do those things. But... The continuing narrative that hate crimes are exploding, those statistics 
are invalid. We don't really have time to talk about it right now. By the end of the hour, we will, though. All those statistics you hear over and over again, since the uh, election of Donald Trump, there's just an air of menace. That air of menace is entirely created by the media and by activists. It, it There has not been an explosion in gangs of lunatic Trump supporters crisscrossing the countryside looking for victims. It's not true. And it just, it, it makes me crazy. And a, a crazy person like Jussie Smollett makes it seem like anybody who's who's white is, is a savage and a horrible person and the rest of it. Stop it. Just stop. Yeah, I'm looking at Bernie up on the Good Morning America. He's, uh, he's combed his hair. He, not only that, but he's tan-rested and ready. He looks very, he's got some ruddy color yeah, to him. He's more, he's, he's, he looks better than he did last time around. Yeah. He doesn't look as... Uh, Crazed Unkempt. old professor who hasn't come outside for six years, right. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, like your crazy old socialist professor. He doesn't look like that anymore. Right. His ties straight. Yeah. They, they slicked him up. Yeah. So you got an eleven-year-old boy in Florida who wouldn't stand for the pledge of allegiance. Uh, teacher said, "You need to stand for the pledge of allegiance." Boy said, "I'm not going to stand for the pledge of allegiance because it's racist. Because the flag is racist." The teacher <laughs> then then the kid ends up under arrest. Because it's a Florida, it's Florida, I guess. I don't. <laughs> because know. it's Florida, that's one analysis. <laughs> because Florida. So, all right. Point number one: substitute teacher. Yeah, she didn't know you. She didn't know you. You don't need to make kids stand for the national anthem. I just, I, I don't know. I would just think you'd roll your eyes and move on with your day. But school district has a policy: the kids can opt out with parental permission, which you know is an interesting policy. Um. She decides to make a big deal of it. He gets mouthy. She gets mouthy. They're yelling at each other. Then the kid won't respond to any commands by any authority figure at the school and is yelling at them that they're racist, the rest of it. And because of the way schools work these days, you can't grab the kid by the arm and take him down to the principal's office as a school administrator. You would be in court that afternoon fending off a very, very expensive lawsuit. So what schools do now, they call the cops. This 11-year-old won't respond to our commands. He won't obey. So uh, I guess you got to arrest him. That's America now. That's the, the system we've created. So I know a story. This just reminds me. I know a story. I hope I'm not going to get anybody in trouble. I know a story of someone who is a teacher. Kid was being disruptive in class. Teacher tried to get kid under control. Mom gets mad when she finds out about it, comes down to the school. They get into a bit of a yelling match as mom is, from the story I've heard, mom is being pretty aggressive and uh, insulting. Okay. Teacher gets a little worked up and, uh, and, and starts yelling back. Now mom is claiming PTSD because her, she was triggered at, because she was an abused spouse when she was years ago. Oh, it boy. triggered that abuse being yelled at. And now there's a lawsuit going on against the teacher from the school. The school's being sued. It's all big, complicated. Am I allowed to comment? Or I don't want to, like, because if I say something really strong, I don't want it to, like, ruin your life. I don't want anybody to get in trouble either. Yeah. yeah, But just these kind of things happen in the modern world. some, Some way to run a world. Yeah. This is why empires crumble, though. We're so up our own heinies. We're so twisted into pretzels over what we ought to do and ought not to do. Uh, it's just, please, 
You got an 11-year-old, number one, it's racist. Okay, I I can promise you any family that doesn't want to pledge allegiance to the flag because they think it's racist is just, I would not like them. I think they're nuts. On the other hand, I subscribe to the view, as uh, wiser men than I have put it, uh, when a gesture of respect becomes mandatory, it becomes an act of submission. And I don't like forcing people to submit to things unless it's absolutely necessary. My kids are standing for the national anthem. When you're 18, you decide to sit down and go ahead. Right, exactly, which is why the district says, if you have your parents' permission, you've talked this with your family, and it's an actual belief, okay, fine, we'll respect that. But if you're just an 11-year-old who's being a pain in the ass, how about... How about doing your home? How about, you know, if the teacher tells you, okay, everybody, let's form a circle. I don't like circles. They're racist. You can't give 11-year-olds that level of control over the classroom. Did, did you just call a shape racist? I'm opting out. I'm opting out of the whole coloring in the picture of a clown. Clowns are racist. You can't give 11-year-olds that. Remainders are racist. Right, exactly. Same first letter. Remainder <laughs> Only do long division. With even numbers. Exactly. Little 16 divided by 4. Now that's an equation. <laughs> Integers. That's what we deal with. That's right. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Bernie Sanders and the presidential race again setting the tone of the campaign's debates. It's we- interesting how much it feels like he is setting the tone, yes. doesn't it? Just today. It feels like it's his primary. And everybody's got to respond to him. I would say he's now the big dog. We got an RBG update for you, and Amazon is launching yet another new program coming up. Yeah, all on the way. Does He's... Amazon's new program involve being inside my house and looking at me? Probably <laughs> so, yes. It always does. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Bernie rally last time around. I intended to. Trump and Bernie had a rally within about 10 miles of each other, and I was intending to go to both, but traffic was so huge for Trump and Bernie. Went to Trump and just couldn't get to Bernie. But both had huge rallies. That was where all the energy was last time around, not with HC. You know, the, the stink of being a loser, and I'm using that term very loosely, in politics is enormous. Very rare for someone to take a second hack at something successfully. Dick Nixon, a notable example of it working, but Bernie not getting over will make it harder for people to support him. He seems like yesterday. Well, you don't think that mo- that most people just feel like he got cheated? That'll help. That'll absolutely yeah. help, yeah. Let's He's get- also 77. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Senator Bernie Sanders says the policies that he advocated for in his 2016 Democratic presidential bid are now embraced by the Democratic Party, and he's running for the White he's House right again. right about that. Sanders is an enthusiastic progressive who embraces proposals ranging from Medicare for all to free college tuition. A self-described Democratic socialist telling CBS This Morning... All of those ideas, people say, oh, oh no, wait a second. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. Mid-season form already. We're, we're back. Can you stop minute. that? We're back to that already? We're, oh boy, day one? Gurgling. Day one. Gurgling. So no, nowhere in the last four years did anybody say, 
<laughs> you got to clear your throat before you start talking, Bernie. <laughs> Look, Bernie, I'm with you. <laughs> Bernie, I'm with you. I got the bumper sticker on my car. All this sort of stuff his handler should be saying to him. I'm a Bernie person through and through. But you got to clear your throat. There's before nothing you... that makes you sound more youthful <laughs> than gargling got you talk. Okay, here we go. Bernie Sanders. All right, replay. All of those ideas. <laughs> oh, Bernie, they're so radical. They are extreme. The American people just won't accept those ideas. Well, you know what's happened in over three years? All of those ideas and many more are now part of the political mainstream. So you're saying the party came your way? Well, I don't want to say that. I think most people would say that. Is that your <laughs> argument then against your competitors, which is I was Medicare for all before Medicare for all was cool? <laughs> I guess that's one way of looking at it, but it, it's no. See, that was super effective, except for the gurgling. If yeah, you are yeah. on that side of the ideological yeah, sure. uh, divide, yeah. Yeah, the party's come my way. People yeah, thought it was a, crazy. a bunch of Bernie imitators are running against me. Uh, the real deal right here, mm-hmm. folks. Right. Right. You remember me vacationing in the Soviet Union? Come on. Come on. Meanwhile, another Democratic presidential hopeful, Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, is making the rounds. She's trying to set herself apart from Bernie Sanders and others running for the Democratic nomination. During a CNN town hall meeting, she was asked... Would you support free college for all? I am not for free four-year college for all, no. Thank you. So let me ask you this, because... I hate audiences. um, I wish if I was a a magic genie and could give that to everyone and we could afford it, I would. I'm just trying to find a mix of incentives and make sure kids that are in need, that's why I talked about expanding Pell Grants, can go to college and be able to afford it. And make sure that people that can't afford it um, are able to pay. All right, two problems. Number one, if you're not a magic genie, you're not a genie at all. Number two... What are you? You're just Sinbad. Right. He's wearing a pants. The old comedian. Right. You're, you're MC Hammer. Google it, everybody who didn't get that one. It's really yeah. funny. It, it nails it. Like, it's a really solid land. But Right. Tad obscure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my other problem with that is nobody, nobody talks about the exorbitant skyrocketing cost of college and why it's happened. Stop talking about who's going to pay for it. Loaves of bread are $75 at the grocery store, and your program is, will the taxpayer buy that bread? No, explain to us, well, admit to us, why it's so incredibly expensive. So Joe's about about issues and causes. I'm about horse races and polls. Um, so when did uh, Amy Klobuchar give this? When did she say this? Is this uh, today? Last night. Last night. Yep. So this uh, is quite possibly a response to Bernie separating herself. Also, Kamala Harris just moments ago in front of a bunch of business leaders said she doesn't vilify success, which I think is a separating herself from Bernie attempt also. I think that's a smart tack for her. I think that, yeah, she, she can't work the far left lane. She isn't that. Well, yeah, it helps that that's not what you are. Right. And so she's come out and said, I'm not a democratic socialist, and I'm not going to vilify success. She mm-hmm. said that today, not by accident. On another story, Amazon, it turns out, is going green. They're announcing a plan called Shipment Zero to reduce their carbon footprint, saying the goal is to make half of all its millions of annual package shipments carbon neutral by 2030. Super. Now, to do that, Amazon's going to use more renewable energy like solar power. They're going to have more packages delivered in electric vans, and they're going to push their suppliers to overhaul their packaging. 
So they're going to shipment and zero. We do a lot of Amazon, and uh, the packaging is a problem. And I, I don't, I don't blame them. I don't know what to do about it. But the amount of cardboard, the amount of those puffy plastic things right. that we have is just—it's sure. amazing. The sailor kissing a nurse to celebrate the end of World War II in an iconic photograph has died. George Mendoza died at his home in Rhode Sexually Island. Sexually assaulted a woman. Got the, no consent. The incredible shot of Mendoza kissing Greta Zimmer Friedman in New York City's Times Square was taken in 1949 after it was announced Japan had surrendered. I think it was 45. 45, I'm sorry. Yeah, v- 1945. Day. Yeah. yeah, after it was announced that Japan had surrendered. <laughs> you just grab a woman on the street four years later. <laughs> yeah, this is from World War II. Send her over backwards, stick your tongue down her throat. Was and she end up in jail. Was she just a random passerby? That wasn't his paramour? Or yes. No, he was not her boyfriend at the time. Mendoza, in an earlier interview, recalled the day the picture was shot. I was in Radio City Music Hall when they stopped the show and they said the war's over. And everybody went down into Times Square. And, of course, there's some mob of people. And everybody was raising hell and having a good time. Raising hell and having a good and people time. People were laughing and cheering and crying. And, Sexually and assaulting nurses. And, and kissing <laughs> nurses. That's crazy that back in the day, wars used to end. Now they just kind of keep going. Right. And, oh, and, oh, forever oh, and ever. Oh, and ever. Oh, oh. And, and nobody even pays attention to the fact that they're happening. Right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. <laughs> Sure, if there were VA Day, Victory in Afghanistan Day, the crowds in Times Square would be the tourists who were there. That's it. Climb on a nurse. <laughs> Why not? So is she was okay with that? I don't remember. I've read this story a no, hundred no, times. They was... reportedly stayed friends for years after that. They hadn't known each other before. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, a grab, kiss, and okay. And then we're friends. Famous statue in San Diego? Yep. Yes. There you go. There you go. God rest his soul. Served his country. Dressed as a sailor anyway. Has anybody <laughs> checked the record? Assaulted I mean, a nurse. Walk around in a sailor suit. I doubt it. No, he's no, a, no actually, on. I've heard his history. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a, uh, a veteran in good standing. God bless him. There you go. There you go. I just, I just don't think you can do that today. I think you're you're probably right. Uh, it's probably worth noting the uh, the state of North Carolina is investigating a terrible crime against democracy and invalidating an election uh, because the people involved did what is now lawful in California. And that is uh, voter fraud. I mean, it's obviously voter fraud. Quite the contrast between the two coasts. Mm. Also, McCabe's making the rounds with his claims about the FBI and the 25th Amendment. So is Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law professor, with his view. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You and other members of your team briefed the so-called Gang of Eight. These are the leaders of Congress in the days after Comey was fired about the Russia investigation. So it would have been the majority leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, and Democratic counterparts. Did you tell them 
that you had opened a counterintelligence investigation into President Trump? The purpose of the briefing was to let our congressional leadership know exactly what we'd been doing. Opening a case of this nature, not something that an FBI director, not something that an acting FBI director do by yourself, right? This was a recommendation that came to me from my team. I reviewed it with our lawyers. I discussed it at length Did with you the tell Deputy Congress? Attorney General, and I told Congress what we had done. Did anyone object? That's the important part here, Savannah. No one objected. Not on legal grounds, not on constitutional grounds, and not based on the facts. Well, I'm sure that will be dug into, or should be dug into, uh, mm-hmm. very soon. The Gang of Eight, which includes who? McConnell and Ryan. And uh, was Steve Scalise uh, in in business at that point, or was he still so badly here? But anyway, it's your top two in, in from each party in each house. And uh, they will be asked, so did they? Did they tell you about that? Well, right. Uh, and did you object to it? And I, I think that will have some political meaning. McCabe's a known liar. On the other hand, uh, even I mean, that's just too extraordinary a lie to, to issue. But we, we have a history for. of this. Do you remember... When the 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 Bush Cheney administration was in so much hot water over uh, waterboarding and all that sort of stuff, and then it came out, yeah, we yeah, briefed. Yeah, those were uh, good times. Oh, Mister uh, Vice President, good to see you again. Uh, we briefed <laughs> Nancy, the Gang of Eight. We briefed Nancy and Chuck. They all knew about this, right. and nobody objected at the time. Right. But then a couple of years later, then all of a sudden it's a big deal, and. You know, so the same thing could be going on here. I don't know. I don't have any idea. Hopefully we'll find out. I think it's exactly the same thing. Um, the whole McCabe not quite remembering how or when the conversation about the 25th Amendment came up, I right. just find so hard to believe. Well, and he was sitting around talking about booting out the elected president, and it's like not a major moment in your life. Well, and he admitted, stated, seconds later in the Scott Pelley interview that, Yeah, and when I brought it up to the uh, chief counsel at the FBI, well, he had a heart attack. And when he finally got off the floor, he said, "Uh, no, we're not going there. A bridge too far. Right. So it was an idea so lunatic that his chief legal counsel said, are you out of your effing mind? But he doesn't remember when it came up. Harvard, Harvard Law's Alan Dershowitz also thought it was a little crazy. This is a serious issue. I think... McCabe and Rod Rosenstein really believed that the president had obstructed justice. I think they were wrong, but they honestly believed it, and they were looking for a way, short of impeachment, to remove him from office. I think that there ought to be hearings. I think that people ought to be put under oath and cross-examined as to precisely how serious was the discussion about the 25th Amendment. Look, I think any law enforcement official who thinks that the 25th Amendment operates in a case like this is disqualified from serving in government. I don't want to put him in jail. Too many people are saying that too many people should go to jail. I don't want to criminalize political differences on either side. But there ought to be hearings, and we ought to get to the truth as to how serious Rosenstein was. Did he actually think about, plan about wearing a wire? Did he actually speak to or consider speaking to cabinet members, getting their approval for the invoking of the 25th Amendment? That would be a serious movement Toward an unconstitutional coup, an unconstitutional coup, and people who believe that shouldn't be in public service because they're so wacky. Yeah, right. Well, it's it reminds me of the thing with the Jussie Smollett thing. Any journalist who didn't immediately recognize that this story is really, really odd should not be a journalist. 
And if Rod Rosenstein doesn't understand that, wait a minute, the 25th Amendment has nothing to do with this. He sucks at his job. But, but if wait, I might use the parlance of the common man. But wait a second. All of the media is listening to McCabe tell this story and say, wow, the president was that bad that you had to do that. And not, as Alan Dershowitz would say, you guys were going to kick the president out? That's crazy. Right. Right. You shouldn't be in public office because your judgment is so bad. I appreciate the Dersha man not wanting to throw people in jail because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you can discuss. What do, what's the, how about the 25th Amendment? How many cabinet members do you think we could get? I mean, and if, if at the moment you realize, oh, that's not what it's for, okay, then, then we're not doing that. That's not a coup. That's not a conspiracy. It's a discussion. And I'm okay with discussion. All about the tone. Right. Which you'll never know. It's impossible to. Although Nail I think that it, down. it goes more into uh, whether they're an idiot and fit for public office as opposed to I would like a to cool know plotter. I would like to know how seriously they took it. Oh yeah, me too. Was this was this a fifteen second to thirty five to, to to thirty second conversation? How about the twenty fifth amendment? I wonder how many cabinet members would go on, along with it. Well, that's, yeah. that's a little far. Yeah. And that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. Or did they sit around and talk about it for an hour? Yeah, I know. I would love to know that, too. And go name by name down the cabinet. Now, I talked to him the other day. I think he's on board. But I talked to her, and I don't think she's there yet, but I think I could get her. I mean, did they have that kind of a discussion? <laughs> love to know that. I don't know that we ever will, but there's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on the other hand, their proposal was to invoke a clause of the Constitution and run it through the system openly. So that's not a coup. Or did or Rosenstein say, what, do you want me to wear a wire? Nobody ever checks. I suppose I could wear a wire. Rolls his eyes. They all know they're joking. You idiot. And right. then, yeah, I mean, so I, how, who knows? Yeah, I know. McCabe's I know. got a book to sell. He's trying to get his pension back. And everybody's and covering he's a convicted hiney. liar. Right. Keep that in mind at all times. Rosenstein seems a little iffy to me, too. I, I have no idea what's going Peepers. on with that guy. Peepers is off the reservation. Oh, that's right. Trump called him Peepers. <laughs> You gotta revive that nickname. It's a good one. Because he has glasses, so you'd make fun of a guy for wearing glasses. Oh, these are <laughs> odd times. Hilarious! Little Marco Rubio. Yeah, he's not as tall as you. Right. I know. This is so strange. We got on this topic last night. I'm not sure I have the, the strength to take another two years. I did a little much less six. At the dinner table last night, I did a little presidential trivia for President's Day with my dinner kids. Table nice! Events. Way to go! Good you, using some of your questions, who is the tallest president, who is the shortest president? Super. And they really got into that. They, the, my son guessed Lincoln for the tallest, but uh, they were both surprised that uh, <laughs> that our uh, tiniest president, James Madison, was 100 pounds. Yeah. He's like roughly Sam's size. I was just going to ask, how roughly tall the, and heavy is Sam? <laughs> roughly the size of my third grader, just a yeah. little bit bigger. Yeah. They were amused by that. <laughs> and then we got into the idea of uh, somehow it came up. Uh, my wife mentioned some uh, guy that was about that tall in high school, and everybody made fun of him and had nicknames for him. And we talked about how you don't make fun of people for things they, they have no control over. Right. That's just really, really uncool. Right. Uh, like height or hair color or any, all, you know, all these different things. Sure. Then we got off on the conversation. The acuity of their vision. Can perhaps. you make fun of somebody for being smelly? Because you do have control over that most of the time. <sighs> yeah, it depends. Depends. Kids. But I've been trying to convince. How funny is the joke? Because my my I'm trying to convince my son. He's definitely at the age where he's got to take a bath every single oh. day. Or you actually smell like my wife says. Dude, you smell like a dude. You smell like a dude. At least do the pits, son. <laughs> And I'm telling him, you don't want to get the rep as being stinky. No. That could stay with you for the rest of your life around these kids. Sure. If you stay at the same school. This is good advice, son. Listen to your dad. 
Is Stinky okay to, is a nickname that sticks. You make fun of people for being smelly. And my wife said, well, man, it could be the, not the kid's fault. They have bad parents that have never told them they need to clean themselves. Right. That's the stories that I remember from my youth of kids like that. They break my heart to think about them now. Um, so, yeah. Although there is, to some degree... Plays a role, right? In some society. degree... Uh, 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 what's, what's the term? Um Verbal disapproval. That's not the term, but I'm tired. I need to sleep more. Um, it plays a role in helping people understand what society expects of it them. It could be presented more uh, gently, but it usually yeah. is not. One need not be overtly cruel, but hey, God, you're, hey, stinky. Here's stinky. There's the message. Oh, that is not acceptable in my culture. I should do something about it. You know, if you try to, you know, reduce a kid to tears or. Make it physical, obviously. That's horrifying. But derision was the word I was looking for. Mm. There, there, there is a role in society for derision. And actually, the positive role of that is, has disappeared in some places because everybody's afraid of everybody. The I word mean, imagine, shaming, which uh, right. people see as a negative, and it has been a positive throughout society yeah, forever. a good word. Yeah. It, 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 it put people in a position where maybe I should really try to stay married or raise my kids or do whatever. Sure, certainly support them. Or not drop an F-bomb in front of children. Hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Women and children, because the, the little ladies with their delicate ears, they can't be hearing those <laughs> manly, manly words. Anyway, it all started with presidential trivia at the dinner table, and it went off on that crazy road. As conversations often do. If you missed the Armstrong and Getty President's Day edition, we worked. That's right. That's right. While you were <laughs> home doing whatever it is you do. Yeah. We paid tribute to America's history by working. Because that's what made this country great. Not sleeping in, probably getting up and having mimosas. Your lifestyle disgusts me. Mm. A little shaming there. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I know, Mr. President. It was a little odd, wasn't it? I knew that Trump clip would come in oh, handy. What a great clip. For the next two to six years. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it. There's too much volatility. Ah, oh, boy, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.